Christmas. What can we say about Christmas? Christmas is decorating. It's tree tinsel. It's wreaths. Uh, it's the lights that you've been working on putting up so tediously. Christmas. Stories about Frosty the Snowman, uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the Grinch, and of course, Santa Claus. It's watching the movies of Christmas. It's a wonderful life. Jingle all the way that I cry at at the end of every year's movie. Uh, Christmas vacation. Uh, there's the music of Christmas, like walking through the stores and hearing not King Cole sing chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Or Bing Crosby singing uh, White Christmas. Uh, uh, there's the shopping uh, of Christmas. There's the, the food of Christmas. Hallelujah. And feasting on gastronomical delights. Uh, kissing the diet goodbye. I'm talking about the Christmas cuisine. Amen. The food of Christmas. Uh, it's an intoxicating time of the year. And would you agree with me? It would be a blue Christmas. It would not be a real Christmas without the Christ of Christmas. A real Christmas is a lakeside Christmas. We're so glad you're here this morning. As we welcome you, we invite you to, to join Lakeside's praise team, to join Lakeside's choir ministry, to join myself in a Lakeside Christmas celebration. Amen. Season, he is the 
Beautiful. I told you we were in for a special treat this morning. Aren't they good? Amen. Amen. Bring the Christmas spirit on in. A real Christmas. Would you agree with me? Real Christmas means family, loved ones, home. I don't know about you when you were growing up. Can you remember as a child your favorite Christmas gifts that you received? I, I was thinking back the other day uh, about my, my favorite Christmas gifts. Uh, one of my grandfathers gave me a Cape Canaveral rocket set with the rockets and the missiles and the astronaut figures. Uh, another grandfather gave me a fort with cowboys and Indian action toys, and I used to shoot them down with rubber bands. Uh, I had a, a remote-controlled tank that would explode. Uh, uh, and then of course, my all-time favorite gift given to me again by one of my grandfathers, Mr. Robot, remote control. I still have him today, and he still works. He's got to be worth something, huh? Yeah, Mr. Mercury. And then when I was a teenager, I got a microscope. Then I got a telescope. My dad thought for sure I was looking at the girl next door. I was really looking at the moon rising over their home. I was. Yes. We got a race car set one Christmas, my brother and I. And we'd race the cars around on the ping pong table. So much fun. And what are the worst gifts to get when you're a kid at Christmas? Clothes! Make sure there's some toys under that tree, Mom and Dad. Clothes! I told you that on our Albania, Italy missions trip, we had a total of eight flights. Uh, we had to camp out in the most miserable section of Rome's airport for, for seven to eight hours between flights. Uh, we were just exhausted, the jet lag, and living in uh, missionary homes and back bedrooms, sharing bathrooms with missionaries. Uh, and then we, uh, our, our conference motel uh, would have made Motel 6 look like the presidential suite at the Waldorf. Um, on Monday of this last week, Becky was off with the Albanian pastor's wife. And uh, I was left in the room uh, just deathly sick. I haven't been that sick in a long time. After preaching five times right in a row, and uh, I, I kissed so many cheeks, and so many cheeks kissed me in, a t in Italy, and I learned you do the left one first and the right one next, and you make the kissing sound. You just don't kiss them. And... Uh, uh, I must have caught something. I caught a bad sinus infection and ended up in Rome's uh, American Hospital. And uh, those flights caused my ears to all jam up and the pain was unreal. And Monday laying in that miserable room, I, I can't tell you how good America looked. I couldn't tell you how good my home looked. But most of all, I was thinking about Christmas, not the gifts of Christmas. When you grow up, it's not presents, it's not things. Would you agree with me? It's your loved ones. It's your family. And I, I found myself thinking about 
being around the tree with Becky, with my daughter Jenny, home from Florida, my son John, a pastor in Southern California who's flying home, and of course Julie and Ryan, and especially Jack and Logan. It's going to be a three-year-old Christmas for my grandsons. I, that's Christmas. Because Christmas is all about being with our loved ones, our family, our friends. Have you ever wondered what it must have been like the very, very, very first Christmas when God the Father and God the Son must have walked to the portals of heaven and the Father said goodbye to the Son to make the first Christmas. We think at Christmas about reunions. We think about gatherings of family and friends for the Father and the Son. It was a sad parting for they both knew that the first Christmas meant not only that the king of the universe would be laid in a lowly manger, but that he also would be laid upon a cross. And the creator of all that is would be raised up between heaven and earth. And his creation, as he would look down upon them, would spit upon him and cruelly reject him and horribly torture him as upon that cross he carried the sins of the world your sins my sins that first Christmas no the son did not come home to the father but the son and the father were parted and a cry came out from Calvary. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? At first Christmas meant all of that. Why did they do it? The Bible answers that question. For God so loved the world. He so loved you. He so loved me that he gave Jesus gave and that's that's the story of Christmas there's a song that I get all emotional about doesn't matter if I'm driving on the road or at the mall shopping when I hear it on the radio or through the speakers I think about Jenny my daughter being 1200 miles away I think about my son John being 2,500 miles away. I especially think about our military separated from family and friends. We need to pray for them serving around the world at this time of the year. I think about my loved ones. But I also think about Jesus who because of His love for you and I chose not to be home that first Christmas.
a place I love even more than I usually and although I'll be home for Christmas You can count on me Please have snow And mistletoe And presents under Christmas Eve will find me where the love lights gleam. I'll be home for Christmas if touches me so much. I'll be home for Christmas. How many plan on being home for Christmas? Hallelujah. Yeah, there's no place like it. I'm convinced. Christmas, it's the largest celebration around the world each year. Nothing even comes close. Think of it. Other holidays get a single day, just one day. But Christmas is emphasized for more than a month. In fact, it's more than one-twelfth of each year. And it's incredible to think that the simple, unassuming birth of a little peasant baby born 2,000 years ago in the Middle East has caused so much commotion 
His birthday even causes traffic jams in New York City, Tokyo, and Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. Think of what Christmas has done in impacting our world. Just this morning as I was watching Fox News, they reported that a brand new algorithm has been invented. It has been developed and designed. It's been run on the internet to discover the most important person of all time in history. We already knew, hands down, Jesus Christ, uh, the Lord of Lords, is still the number one most important person of all human history. That's it. Because of Jesus. History is divided into B.C., before Christ, and A.D., Anno Domini, in the year of our Lord. And every other event in history, think of it, is cataloged and calculated by His birth. Even your birthday and my birthday is dated by His birthday. The Son of God, Christ Jesus. The night Jesus was born in Bethlehem, it was a night uh, like no other. Uh, the world will never be the same again after that night. The destinies of billions were impacted and altered. And who did God first choose to announce Christmas to? The shepherds. In Luke chapter 2 records it for us. In Luke chapter 2 verse 8. Luke chapter 2 verse 8. Is my tech booth working up there? Luke chapter 2 verse 8. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. The angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Would you say those words with me? Good tidings of great joy. Again, good tidings of great joy. Would you respond to me like the Italian believers? Good tidings of great joy. Yes, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace, goodwill toward men. The angels said that Christmas would bring great joy for all people. Why great joy? First, think of it. Christmas is the most expensive gift that you'll ever be given or ever receive. It cost the Son of God His own life. He shed His precious blood for you and I. That's priceless. Christmas is the most enduring gift that you will ever receive. If you receive the gift of Christmas, it will last for all eternity, long after the sun has been snuffed out like a candle. Your gift of Christmas will continue. It'll keep you throughout all eternity. Christmas is the most practical gift you will ever receive. 
you use it every day. Because Christmas <laughs> is tidings of great joy. If you've received the Christ of Christmas, you know about the joy I'm talking about. That's what makes Christmas so very special. Tidings of great joy. Amen.
Dashing through the snow in a one-horse open sleigh, o'er the fields we go, laughing all the way. Bells on bobtail ring, making spirits bright. What fun it is to ride and sing a sleighing song tonight! Oh, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Hearts are pounding. 
whether you're singing jingle bells with your family and friends, or go tell it on the mountain. Let the joy of Jesus radiate from your life. You see, the most infallible sign that you're a Christ follower is the presence of joy in your life. Christmas, it's a time of joy, and I hope you have saw that in the songs that we've just shared with you this moment. Now, Matthew chapter 1, verse 22, Matthew 1, 22 says, Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name, what? Emmanuel, which being interpreted, is God with us. You see, Christmas is a surprise story. Jesus was not what the world expected. He was what the world needed. He's what we needed. Emmanuel. God with us. Christmas is a tidings of great joy because it's good news to realize that God knows right where you're at right now. He's got your number. He reads your mail. He knows more about you than you know about yourself. It's good news that God cares and loves you desperately. And it's good news that he's with us. He's for us. Because Jesus is Emmanuel. Because he's God with us. He's with you when you blow a test at school. He's with you when you wreck your car or you lose your job and you feel like a loser. He's with you when it seems like everyone's giving you the silent treatment, giving you the cold shoulder, ruining your reputation on Facebook or talking behind your back. He's with you. When the one who said, till death do us part, ends up saying to divorce do us part. He's with you when you're overwhelmed by the nausea of chemo. And you feel like you can't go through another radiation treatment. You see, the Christ of Christmas, the good news of Christmas is Emmanuel. The one who has said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of time. He's Emmanuel.
Ever wonder why there's so many angels that fill the Christmas story? Because everybody had an angel, it seems like, in the Christmas story. Whether you read it in the Gospel of Matthew or the Gospel of Luke, uh, Elizabeth and Zacharias, they had an angel with the birth of John the Baptist. Joseph, angels visited him several times in dreams. Mary, the birth of Jesus was announced to her that she would conceive of the Holy Spirit by the angel Gabriel. The shepherds saw a multitude of vast host of angels in the nighttime sky. The only ones who didn't have angels in the Christmas story were who? The wise men. But don't feel sorry for the wise men because they had a star. God gave them a star, a radiant promise that Messiah had been, had been birthed and, and been born. The Messiah, the King of the Jews, the King of Kings, and the Lord of Lords was coming and had come. Matthew chapter 2 records for us, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to do what? To worship. That star, as long as it was in the sky, it was a radiant promise to the wise men of the greatest promise of the ages. Tenaciously, they followed that star through cold, through heat, through desert, through storm. They followed the star no matter what. They followed God's promise until they would see the fulfillment. I want to ask you this morning, as God's word, the Bible, is filled with thousands of promises for Christians, for the child of God, has God given you a promise? Has God given you a promise for your health, for your finances, for marriage, for a destiny? Has God given you a promise for your unsaved loved ones, your lost loved ones, that they might be born again, that they might be saved. I say to you, like the wise men, keep following the star. Keep following your promise. Keep following the promises of God's word. Hold tenaciously to them. Persevere. Don't give up. Christ is not looking for quitters in his kingdom. The word of God would say to you this morning, be not weary in well-doing. For if you faint not, you will reap in due season. Keep holding on to your promise. God's word to you this morning is be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as your labor is not in vain, keep following the promise that the Lord has given you. Don't give up. Keep trusting him. I had the pleasure of Wednesday, the privilege of going and walking past Caesar's Palace, the real Caesar's Palace, in Rome. 
And then I descended a deep stairway underneath Caesar's palace into the dungeons. And there, well-preserved and most authenticated is Nero's hellhole, the Mamertine prison, the prison dungeon cell that Paul the Apostle spent his last days before he was executed, decapitated by Nero. And it was there in the Mamertine prison that Paul penned these words in the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. I have fought the good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me and not to me only, but unto all of them that long for your appearing a crown of righteousness. Paul kept the faith. My word to you this morning, young person, mom and dad, choir member, keep the faith. Keep trusting God. Keep following the star of God's promises. As these wise men kept following the star, it led them right to the spot of what they had been seeking for two years. Let me be clear. They did not find a new social doctrine. They did not find new legislation from Washington, D.C. Thank God. They didn't find a new philosophy. They didn't find some guy with a towel on his head, some new guru from the East. They did not find an angel. They found the Son of God, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The Bible says that they gave him gifts, and they prostrated themselves, and they gave worship and praise to baby Jesus. I want you to see it here. Before we end this service this morning, there's a powerful, powerful praise principle that I've never shared with you before. I'm only seeing it right now for the first time in the Christmas story. When those kings of the East, the Magi, the wise men, came and worshipped the Christ child, there was nothing about Jesus that smacked of King of Kings or Lord of Lords. He was nothing more than a peasant baby. Yet they worshipped him. Because they knew that they knew that they knew this was the Son of God. They praised, they worshipped before the evidence of the miracle. There it is. You see it throughout the entire Word of God. You see it throughout the entire Bible. Real praise, real worship comes before the miracle. Anybody can give a praise shout of hallelujah after the miracle. Amen? But what do we see as a principle in the Bible? Did they give a shout of praise before or after the walls of Jericho came down? Before. 
When King Jehoshaphat was met with an overwhelming force, an invasion force, an army, and he put the choir, he put the praise team in his front lines to meet the enemy, did he praise the Lord before the battle or after the victory? Before the battle. When Paul and Silas were in that Philippian jail, did they praise the Lord? Did they sing praises to the Lord before the earthquake that set them free or after the earthquake? Before. That's a word of God for you this morning. That's a word of God for you this morning. It's a Christmas word. I'm not going to wait for the test results. I'm not going to wait for the doctor's diagnosis. I'm going to praise the Lord right now. I'm going to praise Him right now. I'm going to praise Him right now. I'm not going to wait for all the bills to be paid. I'm not going to wait for all the expenses to be paid. I'm, I'm not going to wait for that new job. I'm going to praise the Lord to be my supplier, my provider. I'm going to praise Him right now. I'm not going to wait. I'm not going to wait until all the, 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 the griefs and the losses of this life, all the why questions are answered. I'm going to trust God now. I'm going to walk with the Lord now. I'm going to praise Him right now. Will you praise Him now before the victory comes? Will you praise Him now in the moment of suffering? Will you praise Him right now even before the pain goes away? Praise Him now. That's what the wise men did. When you choose to praise the Lord before the miracle, it creates a pathway for the power of God to be released in your life. Faith rises up, and faith completes the circuit for God to move in a wondrous way. He is worthy of all of our praise. Will you praise him now?
singing, we're speaking, we're shouting about the Christ of Christmas, the creator of all that is. Think of it. The vastness of our universe is beyond the ability of the human mind to comprehend or wrap our minds round about it. There are more galaxies out there than there are stars within our own Milky Way galaxy. Billions upon billions upon billions. It took my wife and I it took my wife and I almost 12 hours to fly from Rome back here to the States. Not even a half of the sphere of this planet. Canis Majoris is the largest object that we know of, the largest star that we know of in the universe. It is a star that is so big that if you were able to fly at the same speed my wife and I fly at 600 miles an hour. This star is so big, one star, that at 600 miles per hour, it would take you 1,100 years to do just one circuit around this star. And who made it? The ultimate. There's only one ultimate. The king of the universe. God, yet God so wanted to understand us. He so wanted to be with us. He so wanted to feel what we feel, that God became flesh in Jesus, and the ultimate became the intimate. Jesus of Nazareth laid up in a manger, to be later laid upon a cross. Emmanuel, God with us. But there's a more powerful reason why the ultimate became the intimate. More than being with us, you must understand that God cannot die. It's impossible. So God became flesh. A more humbling experience than for you to become an ant so that he could be laid upon a cross and shed his blood to pay the price for your sins and my sins. The stakes were so high. Heaven is so real. Hell is so real. And eternity is just a breath away that God had to die, shed his blood. That's the story of Christmas. So that you could be saved and live with him forevermore. Now we walk with him by faith, but then we shall see him face to face as he is. Oh, what a day that will be. When our Jesus, we shall see. No one can say it any more eloquently than Paul the Apostle, who in Philippians chapter 2, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, 
Paul penned these words, and I say them in closing. And Jesus, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Oh, was there a night like that night, that first Christmas night. Oh, what a holy night that was. Oh, praise His name forever. 
Amen. Amen. The Lakeside Assembly of God Choir and Praise Team. And thank you this morning, each and every one of you. Praise the Lord. Remain standing, if you would, please. Everyone standing, please. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It's our prayer that Christmas will be an oh holy night for you and yours. Father, we're thankful for Christmas. What would our world be like? If there never had been a Christmas, no hope, no real joy, no real peace. His heads are bowed and eyes are closed here today. It's my prayer that God the Holy Spirit would knock upon hearts' doors and make the Christ of Christmas so very real at this moment. Have you received the best gift ever given? Can't buy it at Macy's. Won't be found in the clearance section at Target. The best gift ever given is the most expensive gift cost God the Father his son the best gift is the most enduring gift it's a gift that you will give praise to throughout all eternity and be thankful for the best gift is the most practical gift it'll change your life every day it'll affect your relationships It'll change all that you have and all that you are. The best gift is Jesus, Christ of Christmas. Have you received him? Do you know him? Do you know that you know that you know that heaven is your home? Jesus is your savior, that you're right with God. Your sins have been forgiven. I'm not talking about membership in this church talking about the Christ of Christmas. I'm going to pray a prayer. It's more than a Christmas prayer, it's a salvation prayer. If you would like to be included in this prayer, if you would like to know that your name is written in the book of life in heaven, you're right with God. If you'd like to be included in this prayer, would you lift up your hand right now as heads are bowed and eyes are closed? God bless you. I see that hand. How many more? God bless you. I see that hand. Thank you. I see that hand. This prayer will change your eternal destiny. This prayer will change your eternal home. How many more? Lift up your hand high so that I can see it. Pastor, would you include me in your prayer of salvation? I don't want to be left out. I want to know that I'm right with God. I want to know that heaven is my home. Lift it up high. This is an act of your faith this morning. God bless you. I see that hand. Thank you. I'm looking up in the balcony. 
here on the main floor as you pray this prayer right now keep your hand lifted up and pray this prayer out loud with me in fact I want everyone to pray this prayer out loud with me especially those that have their hands lifted up put your heart into what you're about to pray are you ready dear Jesus I come to you right now just as I am I confess I am a sinner but Jesus you are my Savior save me from my sin save me from myself save me from hell I believe you died for me you paid the price for my sins and I believe you rose from the dead with resurrection life I want that life Jesus a new life a changed life thank you Jesus for hearing me for changing me for giving me a home in heaven I thank you Jesus that I am saved in the name of Jesus I pray this Amen if you prayed that prayer listen to me before we close if you prayed that prayer the Bible says that you are a brand new creation in Christ Jesus from heaven's perspective your name has been written in the Lamb's book of life you have a home in heaven you're a child of God